hone your skills as much as possible and use AI to enhance that skill, but know that you're capped at the quality of what you create with AI. So you want to kind of do both. You want to maximize your output with AI, but still add to your skill level by learning and actually doing the work on your own on things that you're interested in to improve your skill level to then enhance that even more with AI. Plug into the minds of the world's cutting edge innovators, visionaries, and thought leaders who are rewriting the rules of sales and success. It's your time to make an impact. I am your host, Jason Mark Campbell, and this is the Selling with Love podcast. Welcome back, everybody, to the Selling with Love podcast. I am going to be having a great conversation today. You'll all get a chance to tune in because I have a returning guest, the one and only Hanson Chen, who's coming here to share even more from our last conversation where we talked a lot about the fundamentals that we need to have when we're building a business, a lot of the beliefs we might have on hiring, management, and what we're going to do today is maybe talk a bit more about the current climate, particularly if any of you have heard this word, I know you have, AI. Is it just buzz? Is it just another gold rush? Or are there some things we should really be looking into? And how does it affect you if you're somebody doing sales, marketing, at whatever type of industry that you're in? We're going to highlight some of the key things you should be looking into so you can take advantage of this opportunity as well. Hanson, welcome back. Thanks for having me, Jason. It's a pleasure to have you here. And I kind of highlighted this in the intro. I know you've been doing amazing work, your agency, you're using all the tools at your disposal. I know you as a man who's done a lot of automation. You create processes and structures that allows for scale. But I also see you speaking a lot about AI as a massive opportunity for the year. But it seems like there's almost too much of it and it could feel like it's a gold rush and everybody's just trying to sell shovels. Is that what's going on with the world of AI or is there really something we need to like stop the press and really look at? Well, I think that we all know that we're like in unprecedented time where we've never had this technology that can actually do work and think for us. And there's definitely some unvaluable tools out there, I would say. But for the most part, if you have your systems down and you have a business and you're trying to grow, this is the most exciting time right now to learn about AI. I don't think anyone who has a business should not learn about AI because you find one tool and it could replace or save thousands of dollars every month in your processes and your operations. It can help you with marketing, it can help you with sales. Literally, we're in an era where anything is possible with AI, so it's really exciting. I believe it was Salim Ismail and Peter Diamandis were having a conversation on impact theory, talking about how some of the next billion-dollar company might be a team of like three people because of tools like AI that has just allowed a lot of areas to be able to do more with less. And so what do you think are some of the coolest things that a company could look at when it comes to AI that might leverage itself into some of the biggest opportunity that those who've never touched AI are completely blind to? Right now, I can share what I'm doing in my businesses, and I think that's more relevant. In my businesses, I'm looking into how I can incorporate AI as much as possible in outbound marketing. So if you have a business that you're struggling to meet new clients or get new leads, there's some tools coming out now where you can really ramp up your outreach efforts because when it comes down to it, sales is based on numbers, right? The more people you reach out to, the percentages will stay the same, but you'll get more, more clients. 
And so you can use AI to create personalized outbound messages. So you're not spending uh, five to 10 minutes thinking about what to say to someone. You could spend 10 to 20 minutes to set up the automation where AI can automatically create personalized outreach lines to people in the thousands. I mean, we're talking, we're not talking about saving 50 or 100% of your time. It's like a thousand percent of your time with better results, right? To give you an example, I'm in the SEO industry and one thing we're exploring now is how do we use AI to offer people free SEO audits? And this would basically use AI tools to scrape their website, see what they're doing. All this information is public. What keywords are ranking for? Is their site slow? And providing them an audit that used to cost anywhere from a few hundred dollars to several thousand dollars. And we can offer it for free. So imagine if you're getting a cold message that's personalized to you with a free audit that's normally a couple thousand that is more likely to get your attention than old cold messages, which were like, hey, I run an SEO agency. I would love to talk with you. You know, you can provide a lot more value up front if you can figure out the best way to use AI to provide value to people and share insights with them about their business that is customized that they haven't thought of before. You know, I'm glad you mentioned this because I think a lot of listeners might be actually not a lot of listeners. I'll talk about myself personally. I have my DMs on Instagram filled with people telling me in automated messages, I can do some free things for you and I can do this and that. And I've seen the acceleration of spam coming from people that are maybe using AI tools or automation tools. And it seems like at a tier one level of automation, which just seems like, you know, people sending you know, spam emails, but it's coming across more channels. What you're speaking about is thinking of ways to use AI to have genuine value come across. So how would you differentiate doing these AI efforts, which are just spammy versus the ones that are truly valuable that would be based on selling with love? So what stands out now and it, what has always stood out the most is personalization, right? Taking the time to review and research what someone is interested in, what they're growing, what they're trying to do, and then providing actual value based on those goals, it will always be the number one way to get someone's attention. And so when you're trying to find people to bring in as potential customers or to build your audience, whatever, you want to provide value. And you do that by customizing whatever you can do for that person and providing value for them. And so that's how I would focus the majority of your outreach if you're using any tools, especially AI. And AI is just going to expedite that. Hmm. I find that, you know, there was a bit of a golden age in social media where it's like the ads started and it was a new territory. The cost of that was very, very low. You could reach new audiences and you kind of had to move quick in the midst of a kind of chaos of this new kind of disruption in the market. And I find AI is really chaotic right now. But that also means that for someone like you, I know you're capitalizing on that chaos because you're putting together some pieces that actually translate to actually adding value to some of the clients. Do you find that this is an era that's going to last long? Because I feel like at some point there's going to be a stabilization with AI just being everywhere. So what's the time frame you're seeing about this opportunity? I mean, this is, I'm definitely not the expert to look at the time frame, but what I'm looking at, we have not scratched the surface of what AI can do, right? Like every few months, new technology is coming out that creates new ways to use it. 
So it really hit this like mainstream last year with ChatGPT, but you didn't really know how to use ChatGPT. But now plugins are being introduced. Other tools are being introduced. What I see is that we're going to find more unique ways to uh, use AI. And the more solutions we create, the more these ideas will mesh together, just like creativity in general. Like you think of one good idea and then you think of another, you mesh them together, it's a brand new idea. That's what AI is going to do at scale. Now I want to go back to your spammy messages and give you an example. Before, you would look at spammy messages as like, oh, this is just a lot of junk and makes you not want to look at your inbox. But in your inbox, there could be some valuable messages from people who may want to hire you or maybe good hires. There is technology now. We actually have built some technology where you can automate AI to respond to those people and then collect their information into a database, which you can then filter by what's spammy and what's actually valuable. You could send them leaked magnets. So like imagine you get 20, 50 messages a day. You don't ever respond. It responds as you. And it's just like, hey, how can I help you? And if they want to sell you something, they already have an AI prompt. It's not the same response, but it's a different response every time that politely says, hey, thank you. I already have a video editor if they're trying to sell you video editing services. But if it's someone who's like, I love your content. I've been in sales for 10 years. I just left my full-time job. I just want to work for you for free. And this is my selling process. That could be a valuable memory of your team. The AI could be like, oh, this is someone who wants to hire. You are looking for someone who are sales. Let's ping you and say, reach out to this guy right now or respond, hey, set up a calendar link with me and we can do an interview. I mean, the opportunities for this is really based, is just limited by your imagination. So this is where it's really exciting. Wow. Yeah, I forget there was a case study of this bot, I think that actually would go and fight your legal cases. So anytime you had like a speeding ticket, it would then go and interact with the chat bot of the department. And then the AI would act as you and kind of settle and negotiate the best way to get the reduction in fine. And it's like, this is fundamentally changing. And you know what I found the most fascinating? I work with various, you know, clients and I'm in this space and I don't know for the listeners here, if you're very much in this space and you feel like AI is all around you. I know for me, I'm targeted with ads. The people I follow speak about it. The people around me use it. And then I went to other places in different industries and they're like, oh yeah, we heard about it. We haven't even touched it. And I think for a lot of people, they think like, oh my God, I think if you're in this echo chamber, you feel like, oh my God, there's so many people doing AI everywhere. But quite frankly, we're such at an early adopter stage. I think most people don't even realize how new this is and how big the opportunity is. How has it been when you reach out to clients and you introduce these kinds of tools? Are they like ready to jump in? Do they need to be educated about it? You know, actually, I'm not even at that stage yet. So I have two companies. I have the agency and I have an AI SaaS, right? Focus on the agency first because we have a lot more client interaction in that one. The agency, we do SEO for businesses and we help them get traffic and leads and clients through the website. We are introducing AI to them slowly just because SEO on its own is really complex. And so just not overwhelm them. We want to slowly leak that in. Uh, but we already use AI across as much on my operations. So I think as a business owner, you want to focus on your core operations first because that will give you the trial and error to figure out, okay, how do I learn about AI, number one? How do I make it valuable for myself? Once you find that it's valuable for yourself, then you can translate, oh, this could be valuable for my clients. And then you introduce it to your clients and then you can upsell the service or whatever. Now, for the AI SaaS, this is a 
software that is focused more on people who are already into AI or want AI to solve a problem, which is to create articles at scale. And so we don't need to baby step them into the benefits of AI. We just need to show them how the tool works. And they're like, oh my God, this is amazing. And they just jump right in. So there's just two different scopes of the type of people we work with. I love it. Well, speaking of that space of SEO, it feels very interesting with the introduction of AI. Again, for everybody who's maybe not as familiar, ranking on Google, let's just call it that. But I feel like the whole landscape is going to change. I mean, you are already introducing your tool with AI and I've seen your tool in play. You can create like thousands of articles within hours around the best quality stuff around any topic or niche at the click of a button, which is just completely different than how people have been operating at it. So what do you see are some of the things you should be paying attention to if, you know, having search engine optimization and ranking on Google is important to you as a business? Well, we're at the stage right now where you can still get away with creating content and having a team that is all human and not doing any AI. Some of my friends in the industry are still doing really well, just focus on human writers. They've built these processes that they've honed for decades and they're still doing really well. But I do see that what is happening right now is there's a lot of people who are just like generating thousands and thousands and thousands of articles that are junk with AI tools and it's flooding the market. But that's always kind of been the case. It's just at a bigger scale now. And so how you should use AI is you do need a core understanding of what makes good articles before you can just print off articles and start writing them if you want to measure different tools. Now, we actually just did a research paper where we reviewed 20 of the top AI tools and measured them. So there's different grading softwares in the industry where you can like see, all right, this is an A or a B or a C in terms of quality. So we measured them across the board and we're about to put out this research paper. So hopefully it'll help people who are not into SEO pick an AI tool where it's more out of the box and you just create an article and publish it and get pretty good results. With everything that's happening around, you know, AI and talking about these tools, do you find that, you know, for anybody who's maybe in a stage where they're in a learning phase, do you find the learning of AI being more important than the learning of anything specific to give you a competitive edge at this point? It's tough, right? Because are we talking about business owners here? I would start with somebody that's either a business owner or a salesperson. Mm -hmm. All right. So this is the order of priority I would give AI. AI does not help you unless you know what you're doing, right? Like a lot of people are like, oh, I'm going to become a copywriter and have never copywritten anything and rely on AI. They're still going to be a bad copywriter. So AI will enhance the current skills you have. That's the, the basics of what you gather from this podcast. It will enhance how good you already are. So if you are a C, like average copywriter, you will pump out a lot of content or copyright or emails or whatever at C value because you don't know what a BRA is. You don't know how to create that. If you're an A level copywriter, you're going to have a significant advantage. So whoever's listening and wants to get into AI, hone your skills as much as possible and use AI to augment and enhance that skill, but know that you're capped at the quality of what you create with AI. So you want to kind of do both. You want to maximize your output with AI, but still add to your skill level by learning and actually doing the work on your own on things that you're interested in to improve your skill level to then enhance that even more with AI. 
It's very interesting. So whenever I do interviews, you know, I always play a bit of a student role and I make sure to kind of just shine on what answers I want to bring for the masses. But, you know, to kind of take that hat off, I am somebody who uses AI quite a lot, actually. But I'm pretty much just using Chad GPT at this point. And I feel like that's just scratching the surface. But already the improvements that I have by using just that are massive. They're significant. And it's liberated me a lot of time to get some of the things that I've always wanted to get done to be done consistently in a level of quality that I appreciate. And I even feel like that thing even becomes more understanding of me, who I am. Like, I remember I just started a new chat in that platform and then I asked it to write an email for me and it says like, well, as Jason Mark Campbell, the author of Selling with Love, it doesn't know that. That wasn't out until 2022. And so I feel like it learned from the other chats that I've done before. And I'm like, whoa, the more I'm using it, the more it's getting an understanding of me as a meta whole. And again, I feel like that's just the surface as I'm just using that one tool. And so what do you feel are the things I should be aware of? Like genuinely for me, do you feel like I'm missing out on a lot of the AI opportunity because I'm just stopping there? Or do you feel like that the point that you are trying to hone your skill, build a business, if you start with JetGPT and kind of stop there, you have more than enough to just keep focusing on what's true for you. ChatGPT is like the gateway drug of AI, <laughs> <laughs> right? I think that anyone who's interested in AI, they should start there because you'll get comfortable with getting AI to work for you, right? At first, you'd be like, hey, what are 10 good ideas to create videos about making money online? And But then you'll get more into detail. Like, you'll see like, oh, I can upload things. Here's the thing is like, the fastest way I learned about how I can use AI is asking AI how to use it, right? I'm like, hey, this is what I'm trying to do. I'm a business owner. I own a social media marketing agency and I want to get more clients. Ask me everything you need to know about what I'm doing to help me get to 10000 a month. And it will train you to use AI. That's the coolest thing. There's no instruction manual. The instruction manual is you asking it to tell you what to do. And so like the example I was going to before I segue is this, like, let's say you want to look at your site. You can tell AI, hey, act as my SEO expert and tell me what information I can give you from Google search so you can tell me what I should fix. And then it'll be like, oh, bring me this. Okay, how do I do that? And it will literally give you step-by-step SOP instructions on how to do it. It's insane. Like I talk to it like it's the most competent human I've ever interacted with. And I write to it like it's sentient. I'm so polite to chat. I'm like, please, can you do this for me? When you have a spare moment, would you? (laughs) Please, kind sir, ma'am, it. I am not sure how to address it, but... Yeah. Do you think it's worthwhile being polite with your chat GPT? <laughs> you know what's funny is like I tested some results and it was a very rudimentary test, but I felt like I got better results being kind to it. So I'm always like, please and thank you. Wow, that was a great response. Thank you so much. Do you think that actually translate on how we interact with humans as well? <laughs> For the polite ones, I hope so. <laughs> you know, You know, there's a lot of scare as well around the concept of AI. I think this is going to replace a lot of jobs. I think it's going to be a big disruption to the economy. But again, it's such a tip of the iceberg. I think most people don't even understand the depths of it. What do you think are the best things you could do to kind of keep yourself, you know, abundant in the chimes that's going to be possibly very chaotic coming up? Abundant meaning 
financially stable and not super disrupted by this coming into your life? Well, to be frank, I do think the disruption is coming faster than we would hope for most people. And I think if you want to remain financially secure, this is the time. Like if anything that's holding you back right now is the time to act, right? Invest in yourself, watch YouTube videos, learn how to diversify your skills. If you feel that AI could potentially take your job, then this is the signal, right? Your little emotional receptors are saying, all right, I'm in danger. You go out and learn skills where it won't be disrupted. And that's going to be creativity. It's going to be critical thinking. That's going to be learning how to apply software and tools or learning, learning high income skills that won't go away. Skills like sales, marketing, SEO, copywriting, telling stories, like helping people. I believe we're going to move towards a economy where it's going to be more about high level critical thinking and decision making. Yeah. It's interesting you say sales is one of those, but there's a lot of people that feel like sales will be disrupted by AI in a massive way. What are your thoughts? I think it's going to be disrupted to a point, but at the same time, again, we go back to leveraging AI to maximize, like there needs to be someone running the sales machine, right? I would rather have an excellent salesperson running my marketing and not just relying solely on AI. Like AI is not going to get to a point, like every sales campaign, there's nuances in a sales call that it's going to be very hard to duplicate with AI at this point in the technology. But what we're trying to do, so AI is going to be safe for a while. And the skills that come into reading people and managing emotions and making arguments. Those are all skills that build up sales, but those are the interpersonal skills that you need to be successful in every area. And so sales is a really, really, I would think the one of the most important skills to learn for most people, because you need to be able to sell yourself, sell your ideas, sell someone working for you. Everything in life is sales and it's just being able to communicate and pair what you want with what someone else wants. It's very interesting because, you know, in the concepts from my book, I talk about how sales is an energy exchange and in every one of those exchanges, there's an emotion. And I find that you could have an avatar of a sales bot that speaks, looks, listens, perfectly understands from your voice inflections, very much fully automated, qualified, understand the best sales techniques and can emulate all of that. But the fact that there's a lack of soul in the transaction doesn't build that level of trust and empathy. At least it doesn't seem that way. But I feel like, you know, maybe I'll be proved wrong as well. But, you know, for someone who speaks about the topic and is interested in the topic, I still agree with you that I think there is a place for people to actually continue nurturing their sales skills because it's going to be very hard for people to trust from a robot. But then again, I think a lot of the more basic sales are going to be automated, done online, and we've seen that shift happen as well. And it's almost like the number of people that get to have an opportunity in sales is actually going down, but the quality expectation of a salesperson is really, really needing to go up because every deal will have to be bigger, more personalized, and whatever can't be transacted over the counter will need a high degree of empathy, sophistication, and definitely working with AI tools as well. You've recruited a few salespeople. What do you look for in their qualities when you bring them in? Problem solvers. I've probably hired like a couple hundred people over the last 10 years. And the 
number one thing I look for now across everything is problem solving. It's coming into a problem that you inevitably you'll come across and you don't know the answer to. And taking the initiative to find the answer or solution to try, and it doesn't have to be the right one, but then trying it without any input from me. And if it works, great. If it doesn't, find another one. So salespeople, admin, marketing, everyone, those are the only people I want to hire now is someone that is a problem solver who thinks for themselves. And it's interesting, like, I started to see that across my A players on my teams. They all would say, hey, Hanson, we tried this. It didn't work. Here's what I'm doing now. Cool. That is like the best (laughs) report of a failure I can ever get. This didn't work. This is what I'm doing now. Okay. You know, feedback, any ideas. If not, I'm going to go with this. I'm like, go. So I'm only attracting, and I call them multipliers based on that book that I read. It's called Multipliers. And it's people who think for themselves, but then also recruit other people. They're just like these little like mini organisms in my organism of a company who just grow and attract and recruit other people. Yeah. Amen to that. The moments you say that, I start thinking about all the people I've worked with and then I'm like, oh yeah, that's fun. That was an A player because of that. And I think, again, it's very interesting because I think intergenerationally, intergenerationally there's different maybe mindsets when it comes to problem solving or at least you know flexibility or understanding of using technology to solve those problems and i'd be curious to know when it comes to the difference between working with people that maybe are from millennials or gen z's or even baby boomers do you find that you have a tendency of seeing that problem solving quality be more apparent in one generation than the other no i think it's based on the person yeah I think people paint Gen Z or I don't even know what gen we are in, but they paint them with a bad light. Like I had this new salesperson I hired reached out to me, cold DM. Cold DM, I was not interested at the time. A few months later, which is like just now, reached out to me again, politely offered value, hit me at the right value point in the right time. I was like, oh, actually, it's funny. You should reach out again after like, I think it was like four or five months since the last time he reached out. And I told him what I was looking for. He's like, yeah, I've had this experience. Like he's very, very non-pressure. And he's 20, he might be 20. He's second year in college, sales guy. So he's going to be cold calling. And he's been doing sales for about a year. So he's not the most experienced but he's young and he reached out and he presents well on video and definitely not polished, but you know, a lot of potential, but inside I see that he is not afraid of someone saying no to him. And he is persistent because he was persistent with me. So I was very, very happy to see that with someone that young. And I think that with so many People that are influential and almost mentor-like online, you definitely included. A lot of these people, I wish when I was 15, 16, 17, had social media so I could be and be like, oh man, I want to be like this guy. I want to go and start work now because I think our generation, we didn't have social media until we were in college. So we were kind of left to either build our own inspiration and be like, I got to push now or 
you're kind of left to want to grow things based on your friends. And I was one of the late bloomers. Fair enough. I definitely resonate with you when you speak about how Gen Z's, I think, get bashed too easily. And I think that's because there's a lot more of their media that's online. And so it's easy to find a bad apple if all the apples are on display. But to be honest, some of the most amazing work experiences has been with the level of critical thinking they have, divergent thinking they have, and access with technology that is so native to them that I find it's really, really much of a gem to be able to work across generation. I think every generation brings their own perspective, which makes it really fun. Hanson, we kind of covered a few things here. We talked about AI. We talked a bit about workplace and sales. There's one question I always ask when people come on the show. I feel like I've asked you before, but I want to hear it again. You're on the Selling with Love podcast. So what does Selling with Love mean to Hanson? And I'll add the twist, in the age of AI. In the age of AI? Hmm. How do you sell with love with AI? Well, I think my last answer was pretty similar to this one. You need to come off with just being genuine and wanting to help people. And selling is not about convincing someone to purchase something from you. It is, I like how Alex Morosi puts it. It's like how you're just helping them make a decision, yes or no. Selling with love is helping someone if you can. And if you can't, you let them know. Yeah. Learning to say no is also very loving. <laughs> Hanson, thank you so much for coming on the show. It was a pleasure to have a conversation. Again, for everybody who's curious, maybe SEO is something you're looking into. We're going to have a link to Hanson's businesses, both the agency and his AI tool, which is absolutely incredible. I remember plugging in sales and it started generating an inventory of topics to discuss, which actually helps me sometimes come up with podcast topics whenever I do my solo episodes. Uh, but nonetheless, it's a gem to always learn from you. Follow him on his socials. He has a content game that is very strong. I'm always learning from him and you will learn from him as well. And once again, Hanson, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thanks, Jason. I am your host, Jason Mark Campbell, and this is the Selling with Love podcast. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.